Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Let me know if everyone can hear me fine, if they can see me fine. I'm streaming it on my own right now. had a little bit of a, we share a studio, so um, studio wasn't available. So I'm streaming on my own, so it's going to look a little different, trying to patch this together. Let me know if we are live everywhere. Um, Obviously, if we're not live, people wouldn't see this. The Rittenhouse trial is coming back on. They are just going through some of these things that should have happened without a jury present. So let's go ahead and tune in, listen to this, and I'll respond and react as things come out. Smoke a mistrial in order to get another kick at the cat because the first trial is going badly or to, pre- or to prejudice the defendant's rights to successfully complete the criminal confrontation at the first trial. Now, the, the case that I had cited is a Kenosha case. Um, state versus coping? Opening? Yep. Uh, 100 with second, 700. C-O-P-E-N-I-N-G? Yes, sir. In that case, the court didn't make findings uh, regarding the prosecutor's actions. So I don't know that it's my role to sit here and say who's winning. I, I don't think that's necessarily what I'm supposed to do. But I think the court has to make some findings as it relates to the bad faith on the part of the prosecution. And if the court makes a finding that uh, the actions that I had talked about oh, were done in bad cell faith, phone, then I think both elements uh, for mistrial with prejudice have been met. And I think under the circumstances, based on what I've put forth on the record, I would certainly ask the court to consider those um, and I would ask the court grant the motion uh, with prejudice. Thank you. Thank you. State? So just to explain real quick, with prejudice, as Joe mentioned before we came, before we ended the last part, with prejudice, what that means is that they have so egregiously violated Kyle Rittenhouse's constitutional rights that they shouldn't have another bite at the apple, that it's done. They have, they have committed such a grave atrocity that they shouldn't have another bite. Here, let's listen in to the prosecution. To uh, at least one media source and at least one online source uh, since his arrest. Um, And there have been questions about uh, that night. There have been questions about what he did, uh, things like that. Um, He has uh, decided, probably on on advice of counsel in those circumstances, not to uh, give a statement in the media about what happened, but he is talking about his family life, he's talking about his friends, he's talking about the, the circumstances of the case, he's talking about how this has affected him and things like that. Um, so my point in asking those questions was, you have agreed to talk to the media, you've agreed to talk about yourself, you've agreed to get interviews, um, but until now, this is the first time you're explaining your actions. And so I'm not, I wasn't referring to his 
in-custody statements. In fact, I never asked either detective about what the defendant told them. He actually no, he violated his rights. Some things, and then he says he wants a lawyer, and they stop him. They Mirandize him first, by the way. You don't have then the he right to tell him some things, and he says, "But I want to talk to my lawyer." And they're like, "You don't okay, have the right to done. treat someone's silence in any so circumstance I'm not as to that. an admission." I didn't of ask any questions of the detectives about that. Um, but since this, the defendant has spoken to the media. He has talked about his life, about circumstances related to this case. He just hasn't given his exact version of events that night. So his voluntary discussion to speak to the media. This guy's uh, such a weasel. Fifth Amendment. That is his own decision. And if he's going to pick and choose what he wants to talk about in those uh, voluntary interviews with the media, then I think that's fair game. It doesn't implicate his Miranda rights. It doesn't implicate the Fifth Amendment. He's making his own voluntary choice. Well, wait a minute. You don't think he could give an interview about his his uh, awards he won in high school, or his demerits that he got, or his uh, and, and 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 about his sports activities and his swimming and and that and uh, and decline to answer any questions about the incident in question, and that somehow a waiver of his right to silence? I I think he's doing more than that, Your Honor, uh, in these interviews. Um, he I don't know. I I knew nothing about them. I never. I, you know, I, I haven't seen all all of, I haven't seen probably 1% of all the evidence, which is pretty typical, as you know. So I have no way of knowing it. And so what you have is happening some here? Interview, uh, some interviews that he gave to a uh, media? This should have all been presented to the judge long before they tried to introduce that trial. I'm looking at our computer right now from um, the Washington Post, uh, where he talks to them. Um, I know there's one, uh, I think it's either the New Yorker or the GQ magazine, uh, where he speaks to the reporters also. Um, and he doesn't go into specific details about what happened that night, but it's not like it's talking about school or swimming or things well, like that. Well, no, 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 no. Just don't leave it at, he doesn't go into specific details. I mean, it's, uh, it's certainly, there could be a waiver, but a very modest discussion about the activities of that night. And if you're suggesting that occurred, that could make a big difference. Um, but um, even even a small discussion on his part of the uh, night in question might be a full waiver. I don't know, but I and I won't know until I see it. But uh, why don't you uh, make copies of it and? Uh, Can we have a few minutes to? to well, we won't do it right now. I, I I I do agree with you that this is not something that I would want to do. Um, sitting here uh, without giving you an opportunity to respond. Um, although I would be interested in your preliminary response to uh, the, the excluded evidence that you uh, touched on after having been told not to do it or having been told that I was confirming my prior rulings. I do want to just point out right now we've got it on the screen. This is a Washington Post article uh, and there's a reference to an interview that he says, the defendant says he did not regret having his gun because, quote, I would have died that night if I didn't, end quote. So that's a direct quote from the defendant to the media about that night. What about that? Your Honor, all I can say about that interview is there were prior counsel representing him. Um, I don't care about that. Well, and, and I believe it was a telephone interview. I, I don't know anything about the circumstances of that. I'd have to read the article. Well, that might make a difference. Um, and what, you know, what about the, um, uh, your uh, 
asking questions about excluded evidence. Your Honor, the, we, went, we went over this earlier, and I, I don't want to repeat myself because I know you've heard me, but if I could just summarize. I did hear you talk about that evidence this morning before testimony. The defendant then took the stand. He admitted that he had said to the person in the yellow pants that he had pointed the gun. Can we just talk about how idiotic it is? They still have to talk to this guy as if he's just the person in the yellow pants? Um, It was actually introduced by the defense. I think it was even in their opening statement. And there is this person who confronts the defendant and accuses him of this. Frankly, to be honest, Your Honor, when I watched the video the first time, I didn't hear the defendant's reaction. I thought it was someone making an accusation and then the defendant walking away as if trying to avoid a confrontation. I was surprised to hear the defendant admit in his testimony, on direct, by his attorney, that yes, I did tell that person that I had pointed the gun at them. No, but he said it was sarcastic. He said it was just to get away from him. When he said that. No, he didn't say he was joking. He can evaluate that. He didn't say he was joking. It goes to his credibility. You are lying. It goes to the truth. It goes to his decision making. That is, again, this is an incident that occurred that night. So it's not something that happened separate in time. It presumably happened a few minutes before. But I, like I said, I was taken aback by the defendant admitting. I was taken aback. To this person, yes, I pointed a gun at you. No. And I think it's fair to say that watching that. He testified under oath that he didn't. But for whatever reason, he just said he did to try and get away from him. Now the defendant today is giving us a different version and saying, oh, I made it. I was joking. I was just kidding that guy or whatever. That's not true. That's not true. He said to that person, I'd like to probe what his motivations were, et cetera. I'd like to probe whether, in fact, he really did do that. And it's not what his testimony was. That changes the equation with regard to the CDS video that was the subject of the other acts motion. Oh, my goodness. In my mind, it is very similar. And I know we've disagreed on that. And I'm not going to belabor the point, Your Honor. But that was where I was coming from, was there's been a change in the testimony of the defendant today that I think makes that evidence. How can there be a change in testimony when you're simultaneously saying, whoa, how can he claim that there's a change in testimony when he also is saying that the defendant has yet to testify? He's so full of crap. Yeah, I had made a ruling that the evidence wasn't coming in, and you decided that it was. If I could just respond to that briefly, Your Honor, I was about to say, I did not interpret your ruling as an absolute. We've had three state motions in the room. There was one in which we asked the court to introduce evidence that the defendant was at Pudgy's Bar with Proud Boys, and you were clear. That is not coming in. Don't get into other subjects. And now he's talking about it. Come on, what you're telling me, you're an experienced trial attorney, and you're telling me that when the judge says, I'm excluding this, you just take it upon yourself to put it in because you think that you've found a way around it? Come on. If I may finish, Your Honor, I was about to say, your ruling on our three motions and other acts motions was there were some gradations there. You were clear that some things were absolutely out, and then you left the door open on other things. So I saw that distinction, and I thought to myself, clearly I know this is out, but you left the door open on other things. So I didn't interpret your ruling as this. He's trying to play like, oh, well, I thought I was allowed to do this. I thought it was fine. I had five motions before you. 
your practice oftentimes is to reserve ruling on those until you see the evidence. And I think you even said something to that effect. So you presume. Undoubtedly did. So I thought this is my good faith huh. explanation oh, to my you. God. And if you want to yell at me, you can. My good faith feeling this morning after watching that testimony Throw was him in jail. you had left the door open a little bit. Now we had something new, and I was going to probe it. I don't believe you. There better not be another incident. I'll take the motion under advisement. Um, and you can respond. Um, when you say that, that you were acting in faith, good faith, I don't believe that, okay? Let's proceed. Everybody in good faith. All right. Um, bring, would you come up, please, Mr. Rittenhouse? I do have... Yeah. Your Honor? Yeah. I do have another um, item that I want to raise before the jury comes in and raise it with you. Um, there was another X motion with regard to the defendant being at Pudgy's Bar after a court appearance in January in which he posted still, still going over selfies it. wearing a shirt that says free as fuck. I would like to ask the defendant if he posed for selfies after a court appearance with members of the public wearing that shirt. I do not intend to talk about who those people were, what groups they were what, affiliated what with. What point or does that make that's lines. irrelevant? But I believe that it is relevant when no. the defendant goes to a bar after a court appearance and poses for selfies wearing a shirt like that. I think it is Because he's literally free. Some it's... of the issues that have come up in this case, for example, is remorse or lack of remorse, his uh, utter disregard for human life. Uh, those are things that I think it comes into play because I think that behavior is not consistent with someone who has a regard for human life. The jury's already watched him break down on the stand with emotion. I'd like to probe how heartfelt and sincere these emotions are when you go to a bar and you pose for selfies with people. When you're out on bond in a first-degree intentional homicide trial wearing a free-as-fuck shirt. Yes, because so, he's free. As I said, I want to use the oh photograph. My God. I'm not going to talk about any of the people or who they were from. In fact, the photograph I'm going to use has actually got their faces blocked out. So we won't see any of the people in the crowd. We'll just see the defendant standing with a group of people for a selfie no, with that shirt it's, on. It's irrelevant. That's as far as I want to go. It's irrelevant. this issue. Nobody got an opportunity. First of all, you've made a ruling on it, and it was clear prior to him testifying. So part of this is, would we have raised it? Would we have brought it up if we, if we would have known that it was going to be coming in? We have done not. There's been nothing to open this door, Judge. Nothing that has been said to open the door about what happened four months after this is relevant in any way to what happened that evening. That is part of what the court had ruled. You had said four months after. I don't see how that goes to any... 90404 type of uh, admissible evidence. So my argument is, A, you ruled on it previous to him testifying. You confirmed your ruling, which you had made previously, where Mr. Binger just said you had shut the door on it. Yeah, and he's still so trying to get it Apparently, admissible. he doesn't believe a door that is shut should stay shut. However, now... He's asking that something be admitted that, to be fair, this should have been brought up sooner. This jury, I, I would have, I did the void dear, I would have void deered on an issue of whether or not they heard it, saw it, were aware of it. Yeah. How they felt about it, whether it yeah. uh, had an impact on their ability to be fair in the case, 
we never went there because of your prior ruling. It's true. So there's nothing that's opened this door, and I don't think it's relevant something that happened four months late. He talked about uh, indifference to human life. That's that night. So let me, let me mention that's- what he's talking about. So he's talking about going through jury selection. And before jury selection, the judge has ruled on what is and is not going to be allowed at trial. They had tried to get this picture at the bar to be added to the trial, and the judge shot it down. So when the, the defense was going through jury selection, they didn't ask any questions about that incident at the bar where he was posing for photographs because the judge has said it's not admissible. So for now, for all they know, and this is actually a really, really good point, for all they know, one of those jurors was at the bar, right? For all they know, one of those jurors saw that picture and has been prejudiced by it. So yeah, he's absolutely right when he says that he has not been able to question the jury and he would have if this was admissible. It's a great point. Four months later, there's nothing, nothing that's relevant about that. You've already made your ruling. I ask that you stick with it. Uh, I'm struggling with why it would be relevant to any of the issues in this case. Um, you know, if, if you, he were on trial for using exquisitely bad judgment, if he were on trial for behaving in a very offensive way, uh, then I could see the purpose. But an incident that occurred four months after the incidents in question, I don't see how that jury can work with that in reaching any conclusions about sure. the issues in this case. It's also constitutionally protected all, free Your speech. Honor, we have introduced evidence that the defendant had a, a slogan on his TikTok page, bro, I'm just trying to be famous. Oh my this God. This made him famous. And Come on. selfies. Come on. Posing One for selfies. One of theories of this case is that his behavior that night was intended to gain attention. Oh yeah, that's, that's what he was doing. And he's reaped the benefits of that. Second of all, he is on trial in my opinion, for exquisitely poor decision-making. Taking a gun that he's not legally entitled to have, coming down in violation of the curfew, running around the community with that gun, trying to be a police officer when he's not, uh, confronting protesters that he knows are hostile, and uh, all of those behaviors, I think, are exquisitely bad That's incredible. So the jury can make that decision. The jury can give what weight they want to this evidence. But it's the, it's moments after he has a court appearance here. It's not he's moments. Out on bond um, in this he's case. Not on bond. He's he free. He decides to do this behavior. And he, he's saying he's free. Nobody forced him to go to the bar. Nobody forced him to wear the shirt. Nobody forced him to pose for selfies. It's his own decision making. And, and what's I, wrong you know, with that? When I tried when I when I made reference to exquisitely poor judgment, I was talking about at the incident when he was wearing the shirt. Because uh, you look, this uh, is the shirt they're talking about. Everybody in, in all of humanity, free as at one time F. or another, displays bad judgment. But that's not sometimes bad. What's wrong with that? Judgment, and we don't let it into people's trials on unrelated matters. So I, I wasn't referring to his having had bad, good or bad judgment on the day in question. Uh, that's a legitimate inquiry, and you're being allowed to present a lot of evidence on that subject. Yeah. They're trying and to basically. The jury is going to be instructed on. They're trying to expand the, uh, of some of the, crimes the window of criminality to include four to, months uh, after with the, the shooting. The caliber of his judgment, but you're talking about an incident that occurred four months later. So I'm not seeing it, and I don't want to waste any more time with it. Uh, I I, um, 
I don't think so. I've ruled before it's not admissible, and I have heard nothing to change my mind about that. It was sought to be admitted earlier for a different I, purpose, Your Honor. I'm sorry. It, it was sought to be admitted earlier for a different purpose than it is today. I, the court has ruled that it can't be admitted for the prior purpose, but I am seeking to introduce it for a different purpose today. And that request is denied. <laughs> okay. Are we ready to go? Oh, this weaselly little lawyer. Okay, they're going to bring the jury in. They just had their little argument over whether the evidence should be admitted or not. Now they're going to bring the jury in and, the, and they're going to continue questioning Kyle Rittenhouse, likely continuing from where they left off, which is about the bullets, which I've said right before we left, that is that is definitely a part that has done Kyle Rittenhouse a little bit of damage in his argument. I don't think it's going to affect any of the murder charges, but it seems like they're aiming to make sure they get him with something. The reckless endangerment charge because he fired a full metal jacket round at someone knowing that there was another person behind him. It's a loose charge. It really is loose. And lots of people have been saying in the comment section since we went off the air that in an urban situation like this, you might not even necessarily want hollow point ammunition, especially when people are wearing body armor. Hollow point ammunition won't do anything if someone's wearing body armor. Not that you expect to go up into, into contact with one of those people but when you're shooting people who are shooting at you from behind a car for example if you anticipate you might be found in some of those kinds of self-defense situations you want a full metal jacket round if you need it to penetrate some kind of barrier in order to hurt the person who is intending to do you harm it just so happens that in this moment he was shooting someone who was feet away from him lunging at his rifle it's not nearly enough time to change to hollow point ammunition you go to war with the weapon you got, right? You go to war with the army you have. That's the famous Donald Rumsfeld. I believe it's Donald Rumsfeld. Quote, you you engage in self-defense with the weapon you have. Coulda, woulda, shouldas, maybe. De Kyle Rittenhouse definitely shouldn't say again that he doesn't understand how far an AR-15 can shoot. He should just give a number. My, my understanding is it can be accurate out to 200 yards. That's a safe answer, right? Um, he shouldn't. He uh, Hopefully they've coached him. He shouldn't be admitting that he doesn't know the, the capabilities of the rifle or the ammunition. This podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive. And yeah, insurance won't cover that either. Air Med Care Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy in the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily, not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. Uh, sustain the objection to the last. Uh, so let's uh, proceed. So here we go. They're going to probably keep talking about the ammunition. That'd be my guess. Or not. Who knows? <laughs> They're really grasping at straws. Prosecution taking their sweet time. Probably trying to figure out where they can go. 
since they just were were uh, sustained. Yeah, he should have been ready to go. This is ridiculous. Good afternoon, Mr. Rittenhouse. Good afternoon. You testified earlier that there were times that evening when uh, Mr. Rosenbaum had threatened you. Is that right? Yes. And you described him as wearing a red shirt with a blue bandana. Is that correct? At, at certain times. Yeah. When he threatened you, that's what he was wearing? Um, I believe the first time he threatened me, he was wearing a red shirt with the blue bandana. The second time, he had it wrapped around his face. Had what wrapped around his face? His, his T-shirt. So he wasn't wearing a shirt the second time around? Correct. And you indicated at one point you thought he had a chain in his hand? He did. I believe he so. When he uh, made the threat to you with the red shirt on and the blue bandana, did he have the chain in his hand? I think one of the times he did. Okay, and so which of the times was it? I can't recall off the top of my head. I think it was the time when he was threatening to cut people's hearts out. So, so <laughs> I don't need to know the threat. I just need to know which time oh, it was. Oh, he doesn't want that admitted second into time, the, I, evidence, I, the, the second time. What was he wearing the second time? Uh, he, he was masked. Well, the shirt wrapped around his face. And he didn't have the. He didn't have a shirt on his torso. Correct. And you could see when he didn't have a shirt on his torso that he didn't have any gun tucked in his waistband, correct? I wasn't paying attention to that. I was I was behind Joanne Fiedler. I was somewhere over there. So how far away were you from Mr. Rosenbaum when he made the second throw? By uh, 15, 10, 15 feet. I'm, I'm not really certain. But you were close enough to hear the words out of his mouth? Yes. And you took that as a threat to you personally? I took the first one where he said, if I catch you alone, I'm going to kill you. I took that as a threat to me personally. The second time, I took that as a threat to the group. Can we have that uh, photo, uh, Exhibit 138, up on the screen, please? Do you see Mr. Rosenbaum in this picture? I do. And he's in the middle of the picture wearing the red shirt with the blue bandana carrying the plastic bag, correct? Yes. Is that the way he looked when he made the first threat to you? When he said, if I catch you alone, yes. And he was carrying that plastic bag with him when he made that threat too, correct? Correct. How close was he when he made that first threat to you? Close, I couldn't give you an exact estimate, but he was cl close, less than five feet. So closer than Madam Court Reporter is to you now? I'd say about the same, if not a little bit closer. And you were next to Mr. Balch when that was said? Correct. Was anyone else there besides you, Mr. Balch, and Mr. Rosenbaum? I believe there were other uh, demonstrators um, around. And you've seen in this trial that there's been a lot of video footage of that night, correct? Yes. And you've seen in this trial that there's a lot of video footage of you that night, correct? Yes. You'd agree with me that there's no video of either one of these threats, correct? 
I don't know if somebody filmed it um, that I'm aware of right now. You're not aware of any, are you? I'm not. So, Mr. Rosenbaum looked like that at the time of the first threat, but then looked different at the time of the second threat? Yes, Is he took right? his shirt off. Yes. And did you say he was carrying the chain when he made the first threat or the second one? The second. Okay. And he was still carrying that plastic bag the second time? Yes. That plastic bag has a, has a clear side to it that allows you to see inside of it, right? Sort of. I didn't really look into the bag. So you didn't know what was in the bag at all? I didn't. Did he swing the chain at you when he made the second threat? He did not. Did he uh, physically touch you when he made the second threat? No, he didn't. In fact, that entire evening, he never once touched you or your body, did he? he? He grabbed my gun when he attacked me. And that's why I asked the question the way I did. He never touched your body that night. Oh, my threat. goodness. He didn't oh my goodness. touch me physically. So you okay. can't be in fear and for your life unless someone already touches you? The second you? time, did he run at you or charge at you or anything like that, did he? He didn't chase me. He didn't even until do he did physically. Until he did. Did he? No. He just said some words. Yes. Threats and to hurt that him. Chain that he had in his hand. He never did anything to physically threaten you with that chain. Correct. Yes. Is that correct? That's correct. And other than the chain that you've described, at no point in the evening did you ever see Joseph Rosenbaum with any other type of weapon. Correct. Not that I saw. Never saw him with a gun? Correct. Never saw him with a knife? Correct. Never saw him with a bat? Correct. Never saw him with a club? Correct. How far apart in time were these two threats that you say Mr. Rosenbaum made to you? So now what the what the prosecutor is going to try and do I is say, I, I can't give you an, a is suggest time, that there was enough was time that passed clock, that the I, first I threat within the same hour was no longer in force or whatever. Like, and like that. both of those threats occurred while you were on the 59th Street property. The 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 second threat um, happened at the corner, and the first threat um, happened towards Ruther Central High School. Could you use that laser pointer and, and uh, point out on that map where the first threat occurred? The first threat happened right here at the in front of the building. So you're pointing at a location that is so by the. So he's going to try and make the argument that the, 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 the threats were far enough apart uh, that they weren't the same, the and they're going to make the argument that because he took off his shirt, you couldn't have possibly have yes. okay. recognized and, uh, him as the person who threatened you threat before. Within an hour after that, correct? Yes. Where was that threat at? It was somewhere over here, I remember, like on the other side of the property, towards mm -hmm. Ruther Central. More towards the northeast corner of that same property. Correct. But you were still on the car source property when that second threat was allegedly made, correct? Yes. I don't know if it's allegedly. We've Did seen video of him threatening people. Remember? what Mr. Rosenbaum had said to you later on when he's confronting you at the 63rd Street car source? I took a mental picture of his face. Um, when, he threat when he said those threats, I recognized that was him that said that when he started chasing me. So when you are 
running away from him at the 63rd car Street car source, you're thinking to yourself, this is the guy who had made a threat to me earlier. Is that fair to say? I was thinking this is the guy that said, if he catches me alone, he'll kill me um, as I'm running away from him. Good answer. The reason I asked Mr. Rosen, or Mr. Rittenhouse is, how did you know it was the same guy when he's changed the way he looks? His appearance, the shorts, his height. See, they're trying but to basically say you couldn't have possibly known. Described. He's got something covering his face, either the blue bandana in one instance, can tell. or the red shirt in a different instance. You can correct? tell. He was wearing the red shirt when he chased me around his head. So you remember that from the second time that you say he threatened you? Yes. And you thought to yourself, this is the same guy? Yes. You see, the threat so bolsters the argument, but the threat doesn't even need to be there because he still chased him and lunged for the gun. Car source, right before the, sh the shooting, you recognized him as you're following him down the street, didn't you? I didn't follow Mr. Rosenbaum down the street. He was in front of you. You know that now, right? But that's I, not... I that they're now, trying to play games. You didn't, you didn't see him ahead of you as you're walking down the street. The fact that, that someone's ahead no, of you doesn't mean you're following him. But you, at some point as you get close to the 63rd Street car source, start running towards that lot, right? Towards the fire that in the Duramax. And Mr. Rosenbaum is running ahead of you, isn't he? I don't... I don't believe so. But you decided you needed to run because of the fire in the Duramax? Yes. Why? What was so urgent? It, it was, was a fire. fire. <laughs> There's fires all over the place, so? I was getting to the fire to put it out. We'll, we'll get back to that in a second. Yeah, we'll get back to that you perfectly reasonable that answer. While you were at the 59th Street car source, you said you put out a, a fire at the church next door. Is that right? Yes. Did you hear Joanne Fiedler's testimony yesterday that when you guys went over there, somebody had put some sort of flammable liquid on the door? Did you hear that testimony? I did. I believe that was at referring to the Ruther Central High School. Okay. So when she described it as happening at the church, you think that was, she was getting it confused? Yes. Is that yes? Okay. So uh, whatever happened with this flammable liquid on the door, the point is, some other group, some other people, put that out before you even got there. Correct. Correct. Why did you feel that you uh, should go around off the 59th Street car source property and put out fires? To make sure my community didn't get burnt down and help. And when you say your community, yes. you mean Kenosha? Yes. Again, you're from Antioch. His father lives there. He works time. there. All happens, he right? lives part-time. My dad lives in Kenosha. Lots of people live in Kenosha, but you didn't, right? It's a part-time. My residence was in Antioch. Okay. But you, you can have multiple communities. like you wanted to do things to protect this community. Fair? The community that I was part of, yes. And you <laughs> felt like it was appropriate for you to take matters into your own hands to put, put out, out fires, fire. for example. So now they're trying to paint him as a vigilante. And he recognized Put out fires them. by using a fire extinguisher, yes. <laughs> Even though they weren't on the 59th Street property, correct? Correct. And were there other things that you decided it would be appropriate for you to go out there and take care of off the 59th Street property that night? 
I was walking around and asking people if they needed medical help. So you felt that you wanted to go out and uh, help people, uh, help protect people, help people feel better, treat people, things like that. Perfect. Even now we bring in our top guest this evening, provide first aid. Normally, in our regular society, that's something that we call nine one one for, right? Normally, yes. Where are we at it? Gonna step away real quick to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by Liberty Cigars. Liberty Cigars is a Patriot owned business with an extensive line of historically themed individual cigars and cigar collections, including the Commander Series, the Founder Series, and the President Series. All of their packaging is proudly made in the USA by American workers, and it's a truly unique gift for both cigar and history lovers alike. So here's the deal. When you go to libertycigars.com and use promo code BEFREE, B E F R E E, any order over $76 is going to receive a free additional Benedict Arnold cigar. That's right, a free cigar added on top. Now, this is the perfect gift for your traitorous liberal family members or friends or just for anyone or smoke it yourself. Again, go to LibertyCigars.com and use promo code BEFREE, B-E-F-R-E-E, to get a free Benedict Arnold cigar added to all orders over $76. I, I think that the defendant's decisions to go off that property and involve himself in other matters are relevant, Your Honor. <laughs> to put out fires. And that's exactly how these shootings happen. So. Oh, yeah, it's all these shootings happen. People put out fires. Well, if there was no uh, one starting the fires, no rioters, there wouldn't have been a shooting. Uh, uh, Which is go, why go I think ahead, it's Go ahead. I, uh, uh, go ahead. Normally... We would, if there's a fire, if there's somebody committing a crime, you call 911, right? Normally, yes. You didn't feel like you could do that that night, correct? I don't think. They're trying to paint as a vigilante. from the nights prior that um, the fire department wasn't responding to put out fires. Well, the nights before, there were businesses on fire along 22nd Avenue. There's the car source. Uh, large-scale property fires on the prior nights, correct? Yes. On the night of August 25th, we didn't have any fires like that. We just had a couple dumpsters, smaller things, right? That I saw, yes. I didn't hear you, sir. That I saw, yes. But regardless of how big the fire is, um, you felt that night that calling 911 was not an option, correct? They're trying to paint him as a vigilante. What a scumbag. I didn't feel that if I called 911, anyone would, would show up. Which is why you decided For a to burning trash can. For a burning trash right. can. To provide first aid and put out fires. To do the things that normally we would expect the police or the fire department to do. Correct? Police don't put out fires. Police don't put out fires. To help, help people, yes. Could you please move that microphone a little closer so we can make sure ah, we hear course. everything you say? It can, it can adjust the, if you need to move it a little closer. Thank you. Let me, well, let me interrupt for just a moment. Uh, how's the temperature? Uh, how many are comfortable the way things are? Oh, we got temp check. Okay, I, I won't even ask you this. Hot, uh, cold? See you ice cubes, there's nothing to worry about. Uh, <laughs> it must be blowing differently here. Go ahead, Mr. 
You came to Kenosha that night armed with the AR-15 and no other ways to physically defend yourself, correct? I had an AR-15, yes. Other than that, you had no other weapons or so now they're devices trying to that you could use to defend yourself. That he that didn't night, bring any correct? non-lethal yes. self-defense. In there's an interview in which you say it's you're not crap. carrying anything non-lethal. Do you recall that? I do. You indicated in response to one of your attorney's questions that there was no friction with the protesters that night. I don't know what that was. Did that I was a... understand you correctly? By friction, you mean? Well, I'm using your words, sir. I, I heard you say, in response to your attorney's question, that there was no friction with the protesters that night. Did I hear Until you Until people tried to murder uh, him? Yes. Uh, and you're describing what you observed when you were at the 59th Street car source. Fair enough? Yes. Until so people tried to murder Based you. on your several hours at that location, it seemed to you as though the crowd of however you want to describe them, they've been called rioters, protesters, demonstrators, and you, things were fine. No tension, no friction, no nothing. Fair to say? Someone tried to murder For him. the most part, other than Mr. Rosenbaum. He was the only one. That threatened, yes. That you saw. Yes. Can we please play exhibit number 18 at the 1 hour and 22 second and 14, I'm sorry, 22 minute and 14 second mark? Is, so you see what they're trying to do? They're trying to impugn him. They're trying to impeach him by saying that he was the only one I saw who was aggressive. And they're probably gonna, now going to play another video of someone else who was acting aggressive. They're trying to suggest that there was no friction between him and the protesters. So they're going to say, why did you need an AR-15? They're suggesting that he didn't carry any non-lethal weapons to suggest that the, his only way to... to um, to get rid of confrontation would have been lethal force, which is not true. I mean, there he testified to to the, the fact that when people were coming at him, just simply by pointing a gun in their general direction, but still at a low ready position, was enough to dissuade them from continuing their uh, assault on him. Okay. So this prosecutor's a scumbag. Point. And uh, militia are up there. Ah, oh, the militia. Where? Oh, dumpster fire. Yeah, just a dumpster fire. Hey, it's just like the year, man. <laughs> yeah, dumpster fire. That's actually the prosecution's case. If 2020 it would be just a fucking stem? It would just, yeah, it would just be stem and seed, man. <laughs> I could use a doobie right now. Hey, cover me, I got this. All right, let's... How's it going? Guys, what fuck? One of the guys losing his patience. He should go inside. Yeah, that's what we're about to send him. Yeah, if you guys could switch him out, just that somebody's a uh, loose cannon. He he's got a lot of rage. He says the wrong thing. This whole crowd burns you guys alive. Yeah. Protect your property. Yeah. They're respecting that. Just take, keep it there. 
watch. This is probably going to have to be an explicit podcast because of these videos. I don't know where the prosecution's going with this. Where are they going with this? That's what I'll be asking. Do you think that looks like friction? Oh, that's what they're... A little bit? Oh, my goodness. You witnessed that, didn't you? They're I try- didn't was witness what Mr. Oh my uh, Collette did. I didn't see that. But she saw the reaction from the crowd, right? Oh my goodness. They're yeah, trying to impeach bit. his credibility really much by saying, you said that. there was no friction, but it looks like there's a little friction. It seems that the crowd was reacting to members of your group going out in the street and trying to interfere with what was going on off your property? You see, this is the risk of testifying it's completely reasonable for him at the time to say there wasn't a lot of friction. Now when you're on the stand and they're and playing fact, that video, it makes him look like a liar, even Chris though he Don isn't. Harris, who made this video, specifically told you to stay on your property <laughs> and not go out on the street and try and put out fires or interfere with any of that stuff. Just protect your property. Isn't that what he told you? I believe so. I was just going to grab the garbage can, uh, the dumpster that belonged to the car source that was on the car source property. This is before you headed south towards the 63rd Street All these Street things are source, immaterial right? to the murder yes. charge. This is before you decided to go down there. They haven't fire made up any ground. Correct? Yes. In this challenging is his self-defense claim. You shot Mr. Rosenbaum, Mr. They're Huber, trying to accuse him Mr. of being Gross a liar and, and untrustworthy. That was jumping over you. Correct? Yes. So that the so jury doesn't actually take his word for it. That this was a crowd that would not react very favorably to you going out there and trying to put out fires or interfere with any of that stuff. You knew that, didn't you? I didn't. Even after that incident, you still didn't have any idea that this is a crowd that's not going to take it very well. Huh. You should just let Seems them Seems like they were more their fires. mad at the part of him screaming what he screamed after, not putting out the fire. That's what it seemed like to me. And he screams to them, fuck around and find out, right? That's what he screamed to them. After they had just tried to light a dumpster on fire, right? yes. That's, so, that's still, that's what did you what someone else said. interpret that to me? I don't know. I didn't witness in the time. I just grabbed the dumpster a minute after and tried to pull it onto the property. Because it seems to me he's saying, "You light stuff on fire, and I'm gonna use my gun." Uh, that's that's I'll, I'll withdraw that's the subjective. And then withdraw. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter what you, what it seems to you. You can ask your questions. That's fine. Go ahead. This prosecutor's a scumbag. It was shortly after that incident that we just watched where you were interviewed by Richie McGinnis, correct? Yes. And you said you've never, never heard of him, never dealt with him before this night? I have not. Okay. So why did you talk to him? He seemed like a nice guy. Did he introduce himself as from the media? Uh, he didn't specifically said, hey, I'm from the media. He was like, hey, do you want to do an interview? 
And when you heard him ask you to do an interview, you didn't think that many's from the media? No, I, it's not what I said. I said he didn't specifically say he was from the media. Okay, but you, you assumed when he says, I'm going to interview you, that he's from the media, right? Yes. And did he tell you he's from the Daily Caller? He did not. So you didn't know what media company he worked for? Correct. But you agreed to have him interview you on camera, correct? Yes. Can we please play exhibit number 16? So basically, they're still trying to set this up so that he is, so the jury will see him as not trustworthy. They probably have some video of this guy introducing himself as a Daily Call reporter, and they're probably going to try and suggest that Rittenhouse overheard it. See, that's all what all, this is all about. He's claiming self-defense, and they can't actually prove otherwise. They're trying to impeach his credibility. Hard to hear, but we've we've played this we've played this video before. And then uh, what about these guys up on the roof? Gotcha. your AR-15 to protect yourself, correct? Yes. Good answer. And you indicate that you're going to run out there and treat anyone who needs medical help, correct? Yes. Were you going to bring the gun along when you did that? Yes. Yes. To defend yourself while you're treating someone? Yes. If I needed to defend myself if, while treating somebody, yes. If you didn't think there was friction with the crowd... Uh, see, and this, you're this out there trying going to help. Why did you expect there'd be any danger? From the previous nights when I saw people being assaulted. Were they medics? Huh, huh. Being assaulted? I don't know who they were. I know one of them was just trying to put out a fire at his business. So you saw someone put out a who was trying to put out a fire who got assaulted? Yes. But... I, if you're going to help people, why would you expect anyone to try and hurt you? I don't know. Um, why would people go down the road and burn down me, their community? And I was helping people. Well, that came, you're talking about later on. Yes. Okay, but so at this moment in time, this is before the This is before, no yes. right this is before you life. cross 60th, before you deal with Rosenbaum, Huber, Grosskreutz, all that, right? Yes. So at this moment in time, scumbag, you don't think there's a hostile crowd. You're there to help people, and yet you're going to run out there with the AR-15. I don't understand why you felt that you were going to be in danger if you're out in a friendly, what you think is a friendly crowd, helping them. He didn't say it was a friendly crowd. He did I didn't, not say that. I didn't say I didn't think they were hostile. I didn't think they were hostile towards us. Okay, so they're not hostile to you, and you're going to go help them. Why do you need the gun when you go out there? Because obviously um, someone I, tried to I kill him. I need the gun because... If I had to protect myself because somebody attacked me. Why would you think anybody would do that? I don't know. But you clearly planned on it. You were prepared for no. it. You thought it was going to happen. No, I didn't. That's the whole reason you brought the gun. You feared it might. Isn't it? I brought the gun to protect myself. Exactly. Because you thought, you personally, 
we're going to be in danger. It's a violation of his rights. Right? Not necessarily. This is, this is, I don't understand. You said you're going to bring the gun to protect This is why you get worried yourself. about putting people on the stand. So you thought you were going to be in danger, right? I didn't think I would be put into a situation where I would have to defend myself. You said that the people around you... See, he's getting a little confused. ...on that this property, is... and the people up on the roof were there to protect you. That's what you said in the video, right? Yes. You meant when you go out in the crowd, they're, they're, they're going to protect you, right? Watch over me, yes. Watch over and protect you, right? Yes. Again, because you expected that if you go out in that crowd to try and provide medical service, you thought you were going to get attacked? EMTs get attacked all the time. They were to watch me, they were on the roof to watch me, and if somebody was to attack me in their view, they could say, hey, Kyle, watch out. They've got AR-15s. Yes. We talked earlier about the fact that the AR-15, you can't use deadly force to protect the building, right? Correct. The AR-15 was to protect you, right? That's what you just said. Not the AR-15, I said... They could shout down to me and be like, hey, Kyle, watch out. So they're just carrying around the AR-15s for no reason? I don't know why they're carrying around the AR-15s. Yeah, good answer. See how they're trying to trip him up. Can we play exhibit? Uh, at the, at, this is the end. At the end of this video is where you invite Mr. McGinnis to follow they're you. Trying to trip and him up. Bulge. Correct. And make yes. it seem like he was and looking for trouble. you invited him to do that because you want, I think you said on, when your attorney was asking you questions, that you wanted him to film you while you were out in the crowd doing your thing. Fair? I, yeah, I said it was okay for him to film me. Let's play exhibit uh, 17, please. Yeah, so they're basically trying to impeach his credibility. They're trying to accuse him of looking for trouble. You have the right to defend yourself regardless of how likely the danger is. That's a leftist argument. Well, what do you need a gun? Do you expect someone to shoot and kill you? Just asked you, so you're a certified EMT. And you said yes, correct? Yes. That was a lie, correct? I'm not an EMT. You're not a certified EMT. You're not an EMT of any kind. You weren't on that night, correct? Yes. So you lied to him, correct? I told him I was, I told him I was an EMT, but I wasn't. And you knew you were being interviewed by someone in the media when you told that lie, didn't you? But yes. it's not a crime. Please continue. When, when you work as an EMT normally? So this is the, they're, they're trying to catch him up because he was a volunteer, in the volunteer, like, teenager EMT program, right? They're trying to catch him up, and it, it, it's so dishonest. But then again, these are the same people that brought the charges, so it shouldn't come as that Could, big of a surprise. Uh, back up 10 seconds, please. 
and then just pause right there. We just heard um, a voice say something to you, Mr. Balch, about people throwing rocks or something along those lines. I don't really need to know exactly what they said, but did you hear that voice? The police officer from the Bearcat, yes. That's what I was going to ask. That's one of the law enforcement officers in that armored vehicle that you're walking past, correct? Yes. And this, what we're watching in this video happens um, a few minutes after those same Bearcats had come to the 59th Street property and handed you some bottles of water, correct? Yes. And they say to you something to the effect of, we appreciate you guys. Do you remember that? I do. That's when you were on the 59th Street property and you were acting like you were guarding that property, correct? Yes. So how did it make you feel when the police are letting you pass the lines, they're warning you about people throwing rocks, they're handing out bottles of water, they're telling you that they appreciate you? How'd that make you feel? I didn't really care. I was thankful for the water because I had OC, OC stuff, gas in my eyes, but I didn't really notice or care it didn't make you feel like they approved of what you were doing? No. It didn't make you feel like... Do what like he's trying to do? You're emboldened now to go out there and act on their behalf? No. Let's play the video here, please. It's a good answer. You yelled something friendly, friendly, friendly. I'm not sure how many times, but you yelled friendly out. Yes. This is, uh, if I can use the pointer, you are crossing on the west side of Sheridan Road. You are crossing south across 60th Street here, uh, heading across the police line, which had barricaded across 60th and Sheridan. Fair? Yes. You understood at this moment that you are now entering a crowd of whatever you want to call them, protesters, demonstrators, your attorneys called them rioters or looters or whatever. That's who you're going to now be part of. You're going to be in that crowd. He right? has every right to be there. I was walking through. I announced myself as friendly and that I was there to help them. Because you had to do that to warn these people that, hey, I'm on your side, right? I told them that I was friendly. Because if you didn't say that, you were worried they would see you as hostile, correct? Can, can you uh, re-ask your question? I, like, sure. I, I'm trying to Absolutely. Understand. If you're gonna go up to Dominic Black or Ryan Balch, you don't need to tell them you're friendly because they know that you're friends, right? We don't, we don't tell this to our friends. Yeah. We say friendly to people that aren't our friends, people that no, might be hostile to us, no, right? People you don't yeah, know. I, I said it to them because they were throwing rocks at me, and when I told them I was friendly, they stopped throwing rocks at us. And to be accurate, they were the, throwing the, the bearcats, not at you. Yeah. One of them hit one of the armored vehicles and bounced off towards you and Mr. Balch, right? Yeah. It didn't do any Doesn't damage matter. to that armored vehicle, did Doesn't it? Doesn't matter. It's, not it's still a missile. It's still a projectile. Can you trying to harm an armored vehicle with a rock? That's pretty hard to do, right? Yeah. Tell that to Indiana Jones. No one was throwing rocks at you 
but you were kind of in the ricochet line of fire. It's fair yeah. to say. Yeah. So he still you has wanted every right to let these to people know, let them know that, that they hey, shouldn't be hurting him. I might look like I'm on the insane. other side, but I'm really friendly. Fair? I wasn't on any side, but... I didn't say that. I said that you, you might appear to them. I mean, that was what you were worried about, right? When you said friendly? And I, I notice you looking over at your attorney a lot. Can you... I'm, I'm trying to ask you. What a scumbag. When you are doing this... He's looking directly at Mr. Binger, and I'm behind him. He, he accused Mr. Rittenhouse of looking at his attorney. Does he want him to look at the ceiling? I'll continue, Your Honor. You, at this very moment, what a POS. announced yourself as friendly because you were worried that the people on the other side of that street would see you as hostile. Fair? I don't, I, I can't tell you how I think they would see me, but I just told them I was friendly. And I want to make sure you understand my question because I was asking you what you thought when you said this. You said you announced yourself as friendly because you thought to yourself at that very moment, I'm walking into a group that is hostile to me. Isn't that true? It looked hostile. They were throwing rocks at the squad car, not the squad cars, the armored police cars. And you felt it was necessary to tell them, friendly, 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 so that they wouldn't do anything to you. Fair? Yes. Let's continue the video. There's a person that comes up to you carrying a skateboard. Do you see that? I do. And he's got some fire extinguishers slung over his shoulder? Yes. And he says something to you about something, something, putting out fires, and you respond, they know, they know. Did I understand what you said correctly there, they know? That's what I just heard, but I don't, I don't remember that interaction very well other than helping the guy after with the shoulder. And that's going to come up in a second here, but when you're talking to this individual about the fire extinguishers, do you remember anything about that conversation? It's hard to recall, but I think it was about fires, that they were putting out fires. Okay. And when you said they know, they know, who's they? I don't recall. So we're going to take a real quick break here just to stop. Just for the audio listeners, this is going to be the end of this part three, and we'll be coming back in a second with the rest of this coverage.